this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast i'm ji sampath your host for today's episode the consumer affairs ministry last month issued a set of new draft e-commerce rules that has some of the top e-commerce sites rather worried according to the government these rules seek to protect consumer interest prevent unfair trade practices and encourage fair competition among other things the rules bar e-commerce entities from organizing certain kinds of flash sales they bar them from mis selling and they make it mandatory for them to appoint a chief complaints officer a nodal contact person for coordination with law enforcement agencies and a resident grievance officer on the face of it these rules uh, do seem reasonable especially from the consumer point of view but e-retailers such as uh, amazon and the tatas are quite unhappy with them and the government has now extended the deadline for public comments on the proposed amendments from july 6 to uh, july 21 so what is likely to be the impact of these uh, amended rules will they actually benefit consumers and why are e retailers unhappy about them to discuss these questions and related issues we have with us kazim rizvi the founder director of the dialogue a research and public policy think tank Kazim welcome to Infocus. Thank you. Thank you Sampath. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh Kazim uh, I was wondering uh, if we can start with a quick overview of the new set of e-commerce rules and what you think uh, they propose to achieve. Right. So as you said the e-commerce rules were introduced by the government last month and the intent is of course to uh, strengthen uh, consumer interest and enhance consumer protection which is a great noble intent by the government but there are certain aspects and certain challenges uh, with the present rules which uh, you know we are happy to discuss and take you through i think the first of all you know we are looking at uh, the rules themselves exceeds the scope of the parent act and the section so there is a case of excessive delegation uh, uh, excessive uh, in, in terms of the rules being proposed so that's number one number 2 is uh, there is certain discrimination what would be the parent act so the, what would be the parent act you made reference to the consumer protection act which is within which the rules are being proposed uh, that looks at consumer protection issues largely uh, i mean you can talk about uh, prohibition of mis selling tightening grievance redress mechanisms etc and those are those aspects are focused on consumer protection but then you know the rules are also talking about inter, uh, obligations of intermediary uh, you know uh, responding to cyber security requests from the government settled principles of law including fdr regulations uh, settled principles of law and you know issues around misleading advertisements or uh, you know issues around dominant position uh, privacy aspects as well so there are certain aspects some of these aspects which are already being looked at in different uh policies and regulation and may not be within the ambit of the act itself so there is a case of um 
excessive uh, delegation then of course uh, you know we are looking at the rules per se it increases compliance burden on the entities with provisions for appointing chief compliance officer etc now obviously we should have uh, greater compliance there is a requirement to regulate but it will impact uh, the in the uh, platforms and the marketplaces and uh, all the entities which are operating so it will increase compliance costs that's another uh aspect then the introduction of concept of fallback liability meaning that the e-commerce entity will be responsible for sellers negligence to failure to deliver is a challenge uh then you're looking at rules prohibiting uh, conventional flash sales uh but then it doesn't define what is conventional right um then you have the issue around e-commerce marketplaces entities cannot permit uh usage of their brand to sell certain products, right? So let's say Big Basket cannot sell a, a product of its own brand. Uh, that will impact ease of doing business in the e-commerce sector, right? Uh, then we're also looking at uh, abuse of dominant positions and a ban on listing of products of associated parties have been included in the draft. Now, this is, of course, something which the government is already looking into, uh, and there might be possible overlap with antitrust regulator and the CCI is already looking into these aspects. And so one could say that there are certain aspects of the rules which are being looked at from a different regulation perspective. So there is an overlap. Uh, and then there are certain aspects when it comes to fallback liability or flash sales or increasing compliance cost that can impact the business of entities. And it can also impact uh, intermediaries. It can impact small businesses, uh, MSMEs as well right so uh, the idea is to protect consumers but we should not increase the cost of operations so much uh, that it will make it more difficult for sellers to sell their products on on these platforms so i would suggest and what we will sort of looking at is uh, some reconsideration of certain aspects of the draft rules of course you know when it comes to mis-selling when it comes to you know issues around uh, grievance reduction mechanism those are welcome aspects uh, and that's great but we need to be very focused and targeted if the objective is to protect consumer interest then that should be the focus here it looks like the government is uh, trying to do everything within the ambit of the rules which are already being taken care of in different regulations uh Kazim, you made a reference to uh, two aspects one is of course it's it uh, you you lauded the intention to protect consumer interest and then uh, you also said that there is uh, a problem with the fallback uh, liability clause. I mean, I'm a layperson and I have seen, I've had experiences where you order something, okay, on a, on a website and then it doesn't uh, get delivered or there's a problem with it. So isn't it, isn't it reasonable to expect liability from the person you're interacting with, which is the e-commerce platform? If you are not going to hold them accountable, then uh, uh, where is the accountability going to come from? So what is the problem basically with the liability clause? So I think uh, there is no issue when it comes to liability. I think liability should be there. Uh, but the idea is, uh, what are we talking, what are we sort of trying to address here? If a seller is selling a wrong product, then the seller should definitely be held liable. Uh, when it comes to the platform itself and platforms host a lot of sellers and of course they should have strong due diligence uh, mechanisms where they check uh, on the uh, legitimacy of the seller and only then they should allow the sellers to proceed but if there are uh, aspects of if there are mistakes which take place on the platform 
holding the platform liable would go against the principle of safe harbor. Uh, and if you, every time a seller's mistake, a platform is held liable, then it will be very difficult for the platform to sort of, you know, organize and operate as a marketplace. Instead, platforms should have strong due diligence mechanisms. They should, their, their due diligence mechanisms should definitely be looked into. They should make it as robust as possible. And the government should definitely look into that aspect. Uh, but after having done due diligence, if there are some mistakes which take place, sellers should be held liable for those mistakes. Holding the platform regularly liable for those mistakes would uh, really sort of uh, hurt the entire ecosystem because that sort of go against the whole principle of safe harbor, which is, okay, if I've done due diligence as a, as an e-commerce platform, and then it comes to my notice that there are problems, then of course you should take the seller down. But if ha having done due diligence, it hasn't come to, a, to your notice, maybe after that, there has been some mistakes which have taken place, then there could be a process where you, uh, you know, uh, give warnings to the seller or remove the seller from the platform itself. But to hold the platform liable per se would be a little uh, challenging for the operation of the e-commerce entities. Okay. Okay. One of the other rules uh, are to do with... Uh... Uh, tightening the norms for displaying the country of origin right. and so on, right? So what is the logic behind having uh, this? So look, I think uh, here the objective is very simple that the government wants to promote domestic goods, which is great. Uh, the government wants to promote the Atmanirvah Bharat campaign, promote uh, made in India products, goods uh, to the people on the e-commerce platform, which I feel as an intention is a great intention is a great step forward but at the same time we should not put it or we should not uh, create this in a way that we start discriminating against products of countries of different or uh, different countries basically uh, of origin of different origin of different countries so i think there we have to be a little sort of careful on one hand it's i i would say this is something which is important also because i think we want to create a domestic ecosystem where we want to give options and possibilities to our own manufactured goods to be sold and promoted on these e-commerce platforms but at the same time create a level playing field let others good be you know uh, sold on the platform which the government of course is allowing to do but uh, not overtly discriminate but yes having a sort of a aspect where you can uh, highlight, uh, you know, the display of Indian country origin. In my opinion, it's uh, it's not a challenge per se. It's interesting to see how they will uh, regulate this or how this will be operationalized. If it's balanced operationalization, if the the way it's uh, delivered, it's balanced, then I think it's not a problem. But if it tends to be overtly discriminatory, then there could be of course challenges when it comes to imported goods because at the end of the day the user the the consumer deserves best quality and we hope that the quality comes from indian goods but at the same time if there are other goods which are giving you better quality then the consumer should also have the option of uh, uh, having the visibility of those goods on the platform itself so Promote Indian goods, but don't uh, push back uh, imported goods as well. I think that that's that's how this aspect should be operationalized. Okay, uh, Kazim, you just made a reference to uh, the importance of not uh, having you know discrimination between different uh, products, and also having a level playing field. I mean, that's a very good point. 
now this brings us to another interesting situation here because uh, there seems to be uh, a widespread cases of uh, a combination of preferred vendors and online discounting which has sort of uh, which is perceived to have impacted the growth of offline retailers retailers in india given especially that most e-commerce sites have preferred vendors and preferred vendors is clearly you are favoring certain kinds of vendors who get the bulk of the business which is generated on your platform and this uh, to me is a textbook case of an uneven playing field so how do you uh, what is your comment on this so when it comes to related parties uh, not being able to sell on the marketplace uh, i think the the aspect here is very clear that the government and the competition commission of india uh, are already looking at it uh, the restriction of related parties on the marketplace has already been placed on press note 2 so i think when there is already a regulation when it comes to press note 2 uh, and you know uh, you already the government has already decided and there is clear demarcation on who can sell on the marketplace when sellers are excluded from the definition of e-commerce then i feel that to bring this again in these rules is an overlap uh, of regulation uh, in my opinion and uh, this issue is already being looked by the antitrust regulator and uh, i think that process we should wait for that process to take place and whatever the decision is uh, the parties and the e-commerce entities and the sector will have to comply with it so my submission on this is that uh, there is already a defined process within the existing regulatory ecosystem of the country the competition regulators are looking into this aspect press note 2 has already come uh, with respect to the restrictions so i don't feel that there is another need to introduce this here uh, when it comes to the uh, consumer protection rules because this is not a consumer protection issue per se it's a it's a industry economic issue more than a consumer protection issue so and it's already being looked at so i don't feel there is a need to jumble up uh, this into this uh, uh, consumer protection aspect okay okay so you're saying this is not a consumer uh, protection issue it's more like a, a industry issue to do with competition and so on okay fair enough now moving on to another aspect like uh, to do with flash sales I mean, what is the discomfort with flash sales per se? Like, wh why is it even a question? So, as per the draft rules, flash sales has been defined as a sale organized by an e-commerce entity at significantly reduced prices and other promotional offers for a predetermined period of time on select goods with an intent to draw large customers. Now, when we look at flash sales and this definition, it's no different from flash sales which take place in the conventional offline retail markets which offer big discounts or sale you know when you go to a shop on a mall and you have these big sales going on end of season sales you go and buy uh, you know a lot of goods maybe you buy shirts or trousers or whatever you clothes or etc so the same is being the same concept is being applied in the online ecosystem so I don't see there is any different and uh, difference in terms of flash sales in the offline world versus flash sales in the online world. And flash sales help consumers. It's it's it benefits consumers. You know, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of people prefer buying uh, and get drawn into 
buying goods because of flash sales it's at a reduced price it helps them buy goods at a reduced price so in my opinion there is no issue with this aspect per se uh, and you know you already allow flash sales in the offline space so why not in the online space do offline retailers have an objection to it uh i don't know yet i haven't uh, uh spoken to offline retailers on this issue per se i don't have knowledge uh but it's clear that uh when you're looking at the experts talking about it or people looking into these aspects this flash sales issue has been brought up as something which actually within our consumer protection rules you are prohibits you are going counterproductive to the objective of consumer protection because as a consumer let's say you go and buy something on an e-commerce entity you know you go on big basket or whatever platform you may use the idea is if i get it for a discounted rate it's good for me right so at the end of the day me as a consumer will get impacted if i am not allowed to exercise uh my right of buying goods at a discounted price although i can do that if i go to an offline market so the whole idea of discounts is to is to uh enhance the interest of consumers and to prohibit that and to bring it within the consumer protection act is a little counterproductive okay okay now moving on to uh the data related rule uh what is wrong in in the government trying to ensure that e-retailers do not use the data collected through their business for unfair advantage or have uh, links with sellers on their platforms when this rule seems perfectly fair or is there a problem with this as well so when it comes to data related issues uh, and i think when it comes to e-retailers uh you know no, not using the data to sort of their unfair advantage i think the idea of unfair advantage is very critical and we need to define what is an unfair advantage uh and again when it comes to data related aspects and how data is uh, mined how it's collected processed monetized again is an issue which is being looked at within the uh, aspect of the personal data protection bill there is a committee by the parliament which is looking into these issues uh, and the bill hopefully will come through in this uh, upcoming monsoon session we hope it gets tabled and the whole idea of uh, tech companies or organizations collecting uh, monetizing processing data uh, to gain advantage or not is being looked at again by this law so in my opinion let that process take place and there is an overlap here once again with the whole data issues in my opinion i think let that process go ahead whatever the uh, the bill will be or the law will be that will be overarching that will operate in the entire country and all platforms not just e-commerce but social media or uh, payments etc they will all have to comply with that law so that will cut across uh, data practices of any tech company you know uh, indian foreign whatever the idea is to make sure that you regulate the space through the existing mechanisms and through the right mechanisms which have already been in place to bring in uh, or duplicate uh, various aspects of regulation in the tech space within multiple laws and regulations will only confuse the ecosystem and it will confuse the government and the uh regulators themselves 
because then you don't know which law you have to follow do i follow the pdp law or do i follow the consumer protection act right or do i follow the it act or do i follow the uh, privacy law so it becomes very confusing i think we need to be very mindful of of making sure that we are following the right process uh, for whatever issue that process is designed for so if there is a competition issue cci is the nodal agency antitrust regulator will take a call once antitrust regulator takes a call it is then overarching for the entire ecosystem when it comes to privacy pdp bill is the go-to regulation when it comes to it act it issues intermediate liability the it act is go-to so the idea is to have uh, you know these laws in place and make sure that we are focusing on making sure that we uh, apply those laws which have been designed for those issues to avoid over uh, overlap okay you're saying that uh, these e-commerce rules are in, in in various ways sort of overlapping with other regulatory frameworks that we all either already have in place or are in the process of putting in place okay so how do these rules then compare with the e-commerce regulatory regimes in other markets such as the eu for instance because the center has already in a meeting told uh, uh, entities like flipkart and amazon like you know they should go and look at how other countries uh, have uh, have sort of framed their jurisdictions here and how tough uh, their governments are before you know they come and raise issues in india so how do they compare with other countries e-commerce regulations right so let's look at eu for example the eu consumer protection guidelines solely focus on addressing the grievances of the consumers and does not delve into any other issue for example under the directive eu uh, 2019770 the european union has already laid down certain guidelines with respect to how the consumer grievances arising out of the digital contents and digital service may be addressed this directive already lays down common rules governing the conformity of digital content or a digital service with the contract and remedies in the event of a failure to comply so the e-commerce regulatory regime in these countries are more of self-regulation keeping consumer interests at the core and suitable legal framework uh, have been put in place to ensure that the contracts governing the transaction including digital content uh, or digital service are having the provisions to ensure transparency and mechanism for redressal of the grievances of consumers right so the the eu protection i mean the eu consumer protection guideline is only looking at a very narrow aspect of uh, uh, the whole regulation of tech uh, or e-commerce what is it looking at it's looking at the grievances of consumers it's not looking at data flows it's not looking at uh, sales it's not looking at competition issues it's not looking at uh, you know uh, fdi it's not looking at uh, any other aspect aspect which are already being looked into let's say by the gdpr so the problem of privacy data protection is being looked at by the gdpr the problem of uh, intermediaries is being looked at by some other act and the consolidation uh, guidelines focusing on grievances redressal which is already there in fact in the rules so that's a very laudable step forward so the government has done a lot of great things when it comes to grievances redressal mechanism compliances uh, these compliance officers you know uh, avoid uh, sort of uh, making sure that preventing misselling or any other sort of uh, issue that may arise on the e-commerce platform right uh, but there are some of these aspects which are beyond the scope which is different from the eu 
guideline as just discussed okay so you're saying the eu eu's regulatory framework for e-commerce is very narrowly focused only on uh, consumer uh, uh, protection and consumer interest and doesn't get into other domains such as privacy uh, etc now you you briefly made a reference to foreign uh, investment uh, in this respect i mean are there issues with regards to foreign investment that could affect uh, retailers such as amazon who according to some reports may be circumventing existing fdi rules or norms uh, that might be applicable to them no absolutely there are there have been some certain issues which have been flagged uh, and once again uh, the matter is already in the high court of karnataka uh, and let's see how that shapes up and it's already under investigation by the cci the competition commission of india so like what again, are these issues uh, it's been so the issue is around you know uh, the whole investment uh, in the inventory ecosystem and uh, the government is looking at protecting the Indian ecosystem, but at the same time, there are debates of happening which are saying, okay, sh should you allow greater FTI in the inventory model uh, when it comes to e-commerce? So that's the broad issue which is being looked at by the courts, by the CCI. So I would suggest, I, I, I mean, we are also looking at how that is unfolding. The jurisprudence is evolving when I mean, it comes to these issues, and it's interesting to see how uh, the courts and the CCI uh, rule in terms of what is the right way forward uh, with respect to fdi okay uh, we we briefly uh, touched upon atmanirbhar bharat earlier and, uh, and 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 the intent to promote uh, domestic uh, businesses to come back to this once again there is a rule which states that uh, companies should provide alternative suggestions to customers before they make a purchase uh, to ensure fair opportunity for domestic goods now, do you think a rule like this, uh, fair or not is a separate question, but do you think a rule like this will aid domestic businesses? So I think we discussed this earlier as well that, uh, you know, highlighting uh, domestic goods and I mean, when you're speaking of alternative suggestions. Uh, look, I think as long as we're not discriminating against imported goods, it's not a problem. Uh, as long as we are operationalizing this in a manner where other imported goods are also seen because at the end of the day consumer interest and quality is critical if the indian made products can provide the best quality that's the ideal scenario uh, but if they can't then if there are imported goods which can then consumers should be able to see those goods they, those goods should not be hidden or anything like that so as long as they're visible and if indian goods are being promoted i don't think that's an issue okay and uh, is there uh, is there at some level a one size fits all approach uh, in these uh, new e-commerce rules that could perhaps uh, disproportionately affect smaller uh, e-commerce players who may not have the bandwidth to sort of uh, to execute the kind of complaints which is uh, called for so i think this has this issue has been raised uh, before in many discussions and you know uh, look there is a need to regulate the space there is a need to enhance consumer protection uh, when it comes to e-commerce and not just e-commerce larger operation of tech uh, companies and the tech ecosystem how do we achieve our objectives without affecting or impacting the interest of small businesses the interest of consumers the interest of traders etc is i think a very delicate balance to have 
and i don't think there is a silver bullet when it comes to this so the government is thinking okay let's propose something let's look at a draft consumer guideline yes there are challenges with it and uh, these are draft rules which is why these are not final rules and the government understands that yes these are not final and these are draft rules and we take comments and then let's see how it evolves as an evolving ecosystem the e-commerce ecosystem and the laws will also evolve with time with feedback with critic with ideas with suggestions from various quarters at this stage it might look like a one size fits all because it's an introduction or a first step towards regulating with the interest of consumers once this is uh, honed a little more once it becomes more nuanced then i would expect and everybody understands that that is the time when you know you amend these laws and you amend these rules that you will arrive at a uh, at a regulation which is narrow which is targeted which is uh, meeting the objective clearly and which is uh, making sure that you know you are tackling the problem without affecting other aspects of the ecosystem so i think that's the journey we have to get to this is the start to that journey and i'm sure and i hope that with comments with suggestions uh, the rules are sort of improved uh, enhanced and as it goes forward uh, we we sort of start becoming narrow in our approach because having a broad overarching mechanism uh, with respect to regulation is not going to help it might create more problems than already so i think the first step of course would be to uh, keep the focus to consumer protection second would be to make sure that uh, you know we are tackling the problem and a lot of good uh, ideas have come through implementing those operationalizing it without discrimination creating a level playing field for all entities and creating uh, an ecosystem where of course you 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 create an ecosystem where domestic goods uh, prosper and people buy those goods as well and you improve ease of doing business you 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 don't make e-commerce more compliance heavy but at the same time you get the right kind of compliance when it comes to grievances of consumers so those are the delicacies uh, of regulation and you never get you i mean it's it's very clear in any regulatory ecosystem in a new space like technology or any space when you're creating regulations for the first time you never hit uh, uh, you know the nail on the head for in the first go itself you improve as you go forward you improvise and because this is a new field of regulation it will take time to sort of make it the best regulation as we can globally but yeah i think uh, uh, this is a step in the right direction but with improvements we should be able to get to a point where we can confidently say yeah you know we are able to in, meet the interests of consumers able to regulate the space as it should be and able to promote the interest of indians right i think that's a, a pretty uh, fine summing up of what we've been discussing so basically like two three takeaways would be to have uh, consumer protection as a narrow focus uh, ensure that there is no uh, discrimination as such and then also ensure a level uh, playing field going forward uh, kazim thank you so much uh, for talking to us it was a pleasure talking to you thank you so much sampad uh, pleasure is mine thank you so much this is the in focus podcast from the hindu 